podcast. Forum 499 exists to stimulate insights and ideas in value creation and supply chains. It doesn't instruct, it doesn't claim right answers, and it isn't a list of best practices. It shares stories, ideas and challenges so that you make up your own mind. Welcome to episode 6, From Temps to Total Talent. This episode asks why human resource management is a century out of date. Yes, we work closely with Lauren Gonzalez. She knows this therapeutic area inside out. In fact, she's key to our launch strategy. We work as a team, health economics, marketing and Lauren. That's critical for a biopharma company like us. Mikhail was the marketing lead for one of Macarena Medical's four therapeutic areas, and responsible for the international launch of its new breakthrough blockbuster. I'd asked him about invoices from a New York-based consultant, Lauren Gonzalez. I'd been mapping spend, analysing and categorising invoices. Lauren stood out from the other suppliers because she appeared as an individual, not a company, and her day rate was higher than a partner in an elite strategy firm. Yes, she's well paid for the work. She visits us from New York, Michael responded. That's fine, Michael. I hope you don't mind me mentioning it, I said. Macarena paid her half a million dollars last year, so I wanted to check it out. Did you know she also does work for Karana Pharma? And, by the way, what sort of contract do you have with Lauren? Whoa, exclaimed Michael. She can't be working with Karana. They're our main competitor, we're in a race to launch. Lauren had been quite open with me when I called her, but it seemed no one else had asked her about the possible conflicts until then. She was a critical resource, key to Macarena's future, and nobody knew much about her. I like analysing and mapping spend, normalising the data, sorting it into regular and describable categories, and investigating the outliers. It was when mapping spend in Guyard Grid, a privatised electricity distribution company, that another outlier emerged from the rows of records. Tango Engineering had been winning the majority of installation and maintenance business. Its rates were high and we find no contracts or service records on file. Always easily explained, however, by the head of engineering. Installation and maintenance had, until three years previously, been almost exclusively done in-house. A decision was taken to outsource it. The outsource included a large team with specialist skills working with high-tension electricity in power lines, transformers and regulators. Conductivity and insulation are how grids prevent loss and avoid frying people. Any failure endangers the government contracts that Guyard relies upon. In both Macarena Medical and Guyard Grid, it was not necessary to press the matter further. Each saw the existential risk and raised it to the executive level where I hope something was done. Did I say I enjoy doing spend analysis? 
Most people think of it as the prime candidate for robotic automation. I disagree. There are a few better ways of learning about an organisation than studying its invoices. But you have to do it manually. And it's not nearly as hard as some pretend. A former boss once gave PwC $20,000 to use its algorithms to categorise a million invoices in 18 ERP systems following a merger. After finding $40 million of spend was not Bavarian motor cars but product packaging, we lost confidence and went back happily to the manual methodology. But spend mapping is not the theme for today, perhaps another time. Our theme is human capital. It's about the skills, innovation, competitive advantage, capabilities, competencies, corporate knowledge even, and who owns them. As organisations grew during the Industrial Revolution, they took on more and more activities. The Ford Motor Company had rubber plantations, iron furnaces and glassworks. Expansion peaked about a century ago. Size and diversity had made internal oversight and control really hard, and external specialists were found to be both more effective and more efficient. Companies cannot now operate without contractors, consultants and suppliers, key staff, as well as ranks of contingents, temps and interims. At Macarena Medical, at the time it relied on Lauren for the launch of its blockbuster product, 38% of the staff who worked in its international HQ were externals. I counted them. I learned recently that the proportion has since grown to 50%. In another bigger company with tens of thousands on its main campus, 40% are indirectly engaged through other organisations. Does this matter? This was the theme of a series of events called From Temps to Total Talent, organised by SIP Switzerland in 2020. That 200 people joined the first of these hints at growing awareness, at least. But it is hard to know the answer whether it matters or not. It seems reasonable to use an external facilities organisation that understands the special staffing, technology and processes in this sector. But even here, are there not some staff on the supplier's team who have important inside knowledge of a client's infrastructure and politics? They may not be as mission critical as Lauren Gonzalez and Tango Engineering, but can a client afford to ignore them? For internal staff, the HR function searches for candidates, invites applications, interviews, selects, hires, assesses performance, communicates compliance requirements, administers salary and executes exit and retirement processes. For external suppliers, the procurement function does something very similar. There is no overlap. The demarcation is clear and clean. No confusion. As separate as it was 100 years ago. Should the boundary be quite so clear? Are there not common questions that apply to both, albeit to different degrees? Things like development, performance assessment, compliance, conformance, loyalty, retention. And some things are especially important, like innovation and intellectual property ownership. And what about how internal and external staff cooperate in teams, how they interact and trust each other? 
MBA schools assume that leadership is about teams aligning on common corporate goals. But I've been in teams without a single person from the client organisation. Isn't it time this century-old employment model got a shake-up? Mm.